welcome to the We Are Zion podcast. The theme for this year at church is rebuild. We believe that God is rebuilding each of us into living stones that will build up his beautiful church. Pastor Geshom shares with us today on how it is time to rebuild our altars of worship. Hi church, it's such a joy and a privilege to be bringing God's word to you. And even as uh, we prepare our hearts today to hear God's word. My prayer is that we would be open. We would allow the Holy Spirit to come in. We'll allow God's word to change us. Because oftentimes it's God's word which changes our paradigms, which changes our mindsets and causes us to have the deep relationship with Him. And so even today, before we start, as we saw in the start of the year, that's God preparing us. He's laying down uh, a solid foundation. And he is that solid foundation and we get to, uh, you know, intentionally rely on him and intentionally look up to him so that he can build us to be who he's called us to be. And I'm just going to read again that same uh, Bible passage that we've uh, taken for this year from 2 Peter. Can we look into 2 Peter chapter 2 verses 4 and 5 in the NLT version and it says, You are coming to Christ who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stones that God is building into a spiritual temple. Even as we read in this passage that you are living stones, uh, as we look in the Bible way back in the Old Testament, um, people actually, uh, people of God, as they moved around, as they sought God, as they saw God in his, all his wonders, as they saw God come through, they had a way of worshipping him. And one of the ways they worshipped him was immediately build an altar with everything that was around. And so they picked all the stones and they gathered it around and they actually anointed it with oil or they put a a sacrifice of whatever they had in terms of an animal, in terms of a bird that they had, they sacrificed to God and they said, and they gave thanks. And today, when we look back on uh, the altar that is uh, depicted in the Old Testament, we see that people actually uh, did that as a form of worship towards God. It was this place where they all gathered around. As we read further into the Old Testament, we see that uh, the Old Testament has uh, a temple where it's within the tent and that's where people gathered and then there's the high priest who could go in and offer sacrifices. Not everyone could offer sacrifices. And then we see later on when Solomon built this huge temple, it was uh, so magnificent. The wisdom which God gives from above with all that, he built this amazing temple that Uh, glorified God and as Solomon offered and dedicated the temple, God's glory fell on that place. Oftentimes the altars that we've built, you know, altars that we uh, are intending to say that, Lord, this is the area that this is what we are building so that we can worship you. Oftentimes you've replaced it with so many other things. And it's not new. Israelites, time and again, if you read through the Kings, if you read through the Chronicles, you'll see each king who came tore down an altar and built another altar. They never sustained or never carried through with the altar that the other king had left over. In fact, it was wickedness that they kind of like held on to and they made it. uh, In fact, if you keep reading, you'll see each king did more worse and more worse. And these altars that we construct oftentimes uh, is a direct depiction of whether it's all about us or whether it's all about God. And oftentimes God is going to like when we read his word, when we are in community, God's going to redirect our understanding to what altar we are building. For today, some of us, our altars will be work. For some of us, our altars that we are constantly taking these stones and building will be the influence that we want or the, you know, or to be called an influencer 
or it could be even sometimes our relationship that we can be putting our full focus into. For some of us, it could be possessions. But God's word says that if we are his living stones, we have to only glorify him. And so today, we're going to deconstruct the altars that we've put aside for our glory and go back and say, God, help us build as us as living stones, help us build this altar so that we'll be this altar where, Lord, we can only worship you and you alone. We'll only say that Jesus is the true and living God. I'm going to read from Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I'm reading from the Passion Translation and it says, Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be sacred living sacrifices. And live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. When we read this, we see that there is two aspects. We need to be sacred and we need to be living. Today, we just don't offer ourselves uh, in the altar once a week. No, it's a continuous process. We are uh, set apart. At the same time, we are called to be in the world living sacrifices. Where where our trust is entirely on Jesus. Where our faith is entirely on Jesus. And so when we go in to worship him, we are our main focus is, God, if we are going to be this living stones, if we are going to be this people of building this altar to worship you, our focus will only be you. I'm not going to be looking to the person on the other side or I'm not going to be looking to the things that are happening outside and deflect the attention that I have to give to you to something else. Even as we read this, we realize that we all have a form of misplaced worship. Last week, we read uh, from Deuteronomy 6, and that was the key verse that had been taken to understand what the foundation is. And even as we go back into that scripture, I want to read it again and carry on from that so that uh, we'll be able to do everything with what we have with all our strength. And so reading from Deuteronomy 6, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And we heard last week that this, this strength is, uh, it's uh, the Hebrew word is called niyoth. Uh, and we saw the meaning of this is muchness with everything that we have. And today, if you notice uh, the, the culture of worship that's been established globally, each one is giving all that they can for every form of worship that they're bringing forward. Today, worship is just not in the singing of songs. It comes off in the form of different forms of art be it paintings, be it, you know, prophetic utterances, spoken word, and so many ways in which God can be glorified. And when we look back in the Bible it go, and we go back to Genesis, we see that uh, there's this one act of worship that happens between two brothers, the very first brothers who were on the face of the earth, Cain and Abel. And in the midst of not being able to give wholeheartedly as much as how Abel offered a sacrifice, how Abel was able to worship with such um, uh, love towards God, we lack in that. And can we look into that passage and see how God is actually calling us to uh, really worship him? Genesis chapter 4 in the Amplified Version goes on to say, Now the man, Adam, knew Eve as his wife, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. And she said, I have obtained a man, baby boy's son, with the help of the Lord. And later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept the flocks of sheep and goats, but Cain cultivated the ground. But in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. But Abel brought an offering of the finest firstborn of his flock and the fat portions. And the Lord had respect or regard for Abel and for his offering. 
But for Cain and his offering, he had no respect. So Cain became extremely angry, indignant, and he looked annoyed and hostile. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you so angry? Why do you look annoyed? If you do well, believing me and doing what is acceptable and pleasing to me, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, but ignore my instruction, sin crouches at your door. Its desire is for you to overpower you, but you must master it. Cain talked with Abel, his brother, about what God had said. And when they were alone working in the field, Cain attacked Abel and his brother and killed him. Even as Cain offered his uh, fruit, his, uh, you know, ha- the hard work that he had put into the earth, he brought what he could and he gave it to God. Abel did the same thing. He, uh, you know, he was tending to the flock, but he brought a little bit more. In fact, it, it, the, uh, the way that we bring an offer to God can be seen here, the difference. Cain would have probably just brought whatever he could. Oh, you know, and, 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 and there is probably, he just thought, okay, let me just do this. Probably because his father and mother had told him to. But Abel said, you know what, I love the Lord so much. And he took, he was intentional. If there were fat portions, that was intentional. That's intentionality. If there's uh, a set of, um, you know, uh, things that he's put in extra, that's because he had immense love for God. And when Cain sees this, he sees uh, bitterness. He sees, you know, jealousy creep in. And oftentimes, we are not uh, happy with the altars that we are laying down or we are building. We oftentimes are looking at other people's altar and are like, you know what, uh, finding fault with that. Or you're trying to, you know, um, uh, run them down. Or you're trying to say, you know what, they're not doing a greater job. But when it comes to us rebuilding our altars, God's asking us to, you know, focus on us alone so that we'll be able to build what God's calling us to build in front of him. So that we can worship him in all honesty. So that we can worship him with all that we have. So that the sacrifices that we offer will be pleasing to him. Remember one thing, when we are called to rebuild our altars, it's going to cost us. And when it costs us, are we giving what we can with all our strength, with all that muchness, with all, as we read in Deuteronomy, everything that we have, are we giving it? And as we lay stones, as we, as we build this altar up to worship God, as every year, every year on year, as we build, as we draw closer to him, that altar will become something beautiful. In fact, that altar will be something more beautiful where you will, you know, love that space. You will love what God is doing into you. You know, you won't allow anyone to come and you won't allow Satan to stand at the door and, you know, try to uh, trick you into something, to listen to something. But you'll say, you know what, if I go into this altar, I'll be able to redirect and understand and see God and even probably experience God more closer than before. And here is Rhema word, which will, you know, bring life into my dead situation or, you know, my faith will get increased into the troubles that I'm having so that I'll be able to move on and persevere more stronger. So today, are we willing to rebuild our altars? When we come into the presence of God, when we are getting ready to worship Him, you know, there are no secrets. That's the beauty about worship. So, uh, uh, an author goes on to say like this, secrets build fences, but confessions build bridges. And God wants us to be in this place where we don't go to him and, you know, we're like, God, you know what? I think I did. God knows everything. The sooner we learn to confess before God, 
the bridge is being built and god's able to you know work with us but if we go into this place of worship and say you know what god uh to this week was good but i think i didn't sin or i didn't do this or we 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 are trying to portray to god and paint this big better picture we are erecting fences and so today as we listen to this sermon my encouragement is that we all will learn how we can like pull down our fences pull down all the secrets that we are wanting to hide from god and confess to god and say god this is who i really am this is me this is uh, a selfish side of me this is the jealous side of me this is what i really think this is where i have my insecurities but in this altar of worship i lay it before you so that you will fill me today i'm going to unpack certain things from god's word so that we'll be able to build our altars right so the first thing is rebuilding our altars of worship is not based on our opinion but it's based on what the word of god says how many of us can agree that uh, today a lot of things in our life are based on our own opinions and i i was um as i was preparing this i realized that i have a opinion about everything i have an opinion about everyone just imagine then each and every one of us but when it comes to god are we coming to god with our opinions far more than what the word of god says faith is not activated by our opinions faith is activated by responding to the word of god when we stand in a place to worship him we are declaring by faith what the word of god says when we are in our quiet times lifting our hands and praising god and worshiping god it's not our opinions about god it's what the word of god says it's the timeless truth of god's word in fact uh, i just took uh, i just went down and uh, took the meaning of what opinion says and it goes on to say opinion is a view or a judgment formed about something not necessarily based on fact or knowledge so opinion is actually literally trash because it says it's necessarily based uh, not necessarily based on fact or knowledge and even as we look back god wants to recon- reconstruct that area of our life uh, have we built the altar in front of god based on our opinions is the image of jesus is the image of the triune god built in front of our lives based on opinions and so today what is our opinion when it comes to worship we all have opinions but what does the word of god say some of the opinions that i constantly you know get to hear and be part of is you know what uh, we are living in a day and age where you know the new songs don't make any meaning that we sing to god but the old songs are the ones which glorify god or some of the opinions that i get to hear is you know what uh, this uh, particular worship uh, set done by this particular band or you know done by this particular church or doesn't sit well with us or we get to hear opinions of you know what uh, these kind of songs really don't edify us but if i had to you know draw a line there everything we do about worship is not about us at all the common denominator is not about us it's about god every time we listen to a worship song every time we sing a worship song every time we sing a hymn every time we sing a praise the place where it originates from is the word of god it's always going to be opinions versus the word of god and so today if you notice we've evolved as humans we've evolved in the sense our technology has evolved what we started way back 100 years back to where we are at today we've moved so fast 
in terms of understanding and world knowledge and understanding of the world culture, we've moved so fast. Let's not box God to say, you know what, God is of uh, only if you sing the if you sing certain old songs that God is exalted. No, God is exalted in everything. He is the originator of time. He is there yesterday, today and forever. So let that bubble of ours break to understand that God will only be exalted if we do certain things. No, as long as it's based from the word of God and it's directed towards him, he's exalted. I'm reminded even as we personally all build our altars of worship, you know, and even as a community, as we build an altar of worship, we need to understand that uh, we are a part of a global body of the church. And when we get to meet Jesus face to face, the amount of voices, the amount of languages that are going to be singing his praise is going to be immense. Can our human minds fathom it? No. Just imagine, you know, I always see this picture of us standing in heaven and worshipping God and suddenly you have a person from the 60s come and lead one of the songs that they have written into worship. Then you have a person from the 2000s come and lead into worship. At the end of it, if you see, every all of us will be just singing praise to God. We'll be worshipping Him. That's what it says. I'm going to read from Malachi chapter 3, verse 6 to 7 in the message version. And it says, I am God. Yes, I am. I haven't changed. And because I haven't changed, you, the descendants of God, haven't been destroyed. You have a long history of ignoring my commands. You haven't done a thing I've told you. Return to me so I can return to you, says the God of the angel armies. It's interesting when Malachi, uh, uh, where God tells that I have never changed. So when we have an opinion of certain things, saying only these things will bring glory to God, let's remember we are boxing God to saying he's, uh, you know, he's best uh, worked within the time capsule. No, he's beyond time. It's only us who's been changing all the while long. God's remain the same. The God who inspired all the great songwriters of early years to write hymns, to write praise, wrote it with the language that they had of that, their time from the word of God. Today, the songwriters, the same Holy Spirit works in them. Inspiration comes from them. Motives can be different as to why they write a song, but they're inspired to write a song giving glory to God. As we rebuild this altar, May our focus be that, that our direction, our attention is only towards worshipping God. Let God take care of everything else with regard to them. Why did they, what motivated them, right? Or why have they actually, you know, what's their real intention? That's God's problem. But let us focus and direct our worship to him. Hebrews chapter 13 verses 8 to 15 goes extensively onto why Jesus Never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, forever. In fact, Hebrews 13 verse 8 is a popular verse. We all know Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. And I want to read it from the Amplified Version just to give us an idea of how it says. It says, Jesus Christ is eternally changeless. Always the same yesterday and today and forever. But verse 15 goes on to say it this way. Through him, therefore, let us at all times offer to God a sacrifice of praise which is the fruit of lips that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name. That thankfully acknowledge and confess. So today, when we are worshipping God, we are confessing to him what the Bible tells about Jesus to us. We are not actually 
telling him about our opinions. That's why when we come down to worship him, are we giving our all? Are we laying it all at his feet and saying, God, I'm here to worship you. I'm here to lay it all before you. I'm here to lift you up. No matter what's happening in my life, I'm here to lift you up. That's faith being exercised. So exercise your faith today on the word of God that you read and let's rebuild our altar so that we can worship him in all honesty. The second thing I would like to tell is that rebuilding our altars, it's not uh, we rebuild our altars from a place where we are at, but we actually worship him for who he is. And he is God. He is sovereign. How many of us can agree that God is sovereign? Jesus is sovereign over every circumstance, over every situation, over everything that's happening in this world. Today, as we worship him, are we worshiping him for who he is? Or is it based completely on our circumstance? As I was preparing this point, I came across this word called anthem. How many of us, a lot of us know what a national anthem is. We, you know, we sing it with pride for the country that we are part of. And, you know, it's played before every uh, game. It's played in uh, important occasions for us to remember that we are all part of the same uh, kingdom, same country. And you know what? That that unifies us. You know, that kind of like brings us together irrespective of our color, irrespective of our religion, irrespective of, uh, you know, uh, which were part of the state that we are in. It brings us together. And you know, when we are worshipping God, we are also, you know, oftentimes declaring anthems to God. And I went down to see what an anthem, the meaning of an anthem is. The general meaning of an anthem is said as it's a song or a hymn of praise or gladness. Uh, but the second meaning goes on to say that it's a usually rousing popular song that typifies or is identified with a particular subculture, movement or point of view. And this word point of view got my attention. Today in life, as we journey on, God's going to give us certain songs that become the anthem for that season. What is God's anthem that you're singing out every day? Is it because we can get bogged down by the circumstance that you're facing or we can directly you know, rely on God's word. And oftentimes, there are different aspects when we say of relying on God's word. For some of us, you know, relying on God's word comes with prayer. But then it also comes with the song that God gives us into our spirits when we're going through that situation. For some of us, the words that we read in the Bible gets carried on. And then sometimes we listen to the song and they are the same meaning. And we like kind of like, you know, make that our anthem for the situation that we are going through. Today, what is it that God's actually calling you to, you know, sing and praise and create an anthem. Today, an anthem is what you personally can, you know, create for your own life so that God will be exalted personally for you. As a church today, we will have an anthem for every season because that will take propel the church to go into areas where God's calling us to go and so that we'll be able to get victory over victory. And the global body of the church also comes out with certain anthems. The whole pandemic, the, you know, the anthem, the song that kind of like took an anthem for each and everyone was a blessing. And that's timely. God brings about, God inspires people to write songs in season so that it will come, so that it will motivate the entire global body to move forward. No one had to come and brainstorm over this. They didn't have to think, okay, let me write a song that will work for the algorithm of this world. No. Today, what was written was inspired by the Holy Spirit and was the anthem for this time such as this. 
there's a beautiful story in first kings chapter 18 verse 30 onwards where elijah is actually on mount carmel where he's actually fighting you know with uh, uh, the prophets of baal and they're wanting to see whose god is real and the prophets of Baal, they do everything possible from shouting to cutting their skin to offering themselves. They did everything. It was a place where God did not reside at all. They tried everything. They wanted to prove that their God was a living God, but it, nothing happened there. And there's this altar that's broken down. Previously, someone had built an altar there. Elijah goes there, rebuilds that altar, takes a stone puts 12 stones distinctly, even though uh, Israel and Judah are separate. He puts it together and he declares and he, it's interesting as you read the passage, you see that, you know, he offers the sacrifices. They also build a trench around it and they, you know, uh, put water, uh, jars of water over it. It's literally drenched. But the prayer that Elijah prays brings down the fire of God from heaven. It consumes everything and people there fall down and they say that this is the real God. I would love to just read that prayer because I believe sometimes when we can pray, but when we make it an anthem, we'll see God come into those impossible situations. And as I read this, the it goes on to say from verse 34 onwards, it says, do it again, he said, and they did it again. Do it a third time. He ordered and they did it the third time. The water ran down the altar and even filled the trench. At the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and I have done all these things that you have commanded. Answer me, Lord, answer me. So these people will know that you are Lord, are God, and you are turning their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burnt up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. The anthem for that day was what they saw was that the God, who came down and consumed everything, he is God. And today, I want us as a church to, you know, to sing out the praises that are there in God's word and make that an anthem into our lives. Every psalm that's been written there is a song in itself. Every scripture, today, every song that we are singing for worship is all been based out of scriptures. That's why I love Always, you know, reading the blogs or watching the stories of songwriters explaining as to why they wrote that song. And it all comes down to this point where they go on to say, you know, my circumstance did not dictate, but I believed who God was and that's what the song came out of. And today, church, what is the song that God's asking you to sing so that your altar will be rebuilt? Today, it might look like, you know, just one or two stones there. But keep at it. God will bring, God will make that happen as you declare it. Because what happens with the song is you wake up singing that song. You are doing certain things. You are singing the song. His words are on your lips. It's subconsciously you are constantly singing his praise. Our worship to God is our anthem in life's tough journey. And personally for us, that's been... Um, the word anthem has been, you know, for me personally, it's been something that I hold on to so tightly. 
um, way back in uh, 2011 when uh, we had a miscarriage. Uh, I remember sitting in the hospital. I didn't know what to do. I didn't have the words to tell anything to my wife, and I knew at that point me talking doesn't make any sense. But all that we could do is put our phone down and you know play um, "Blessed Be Your Name" by Matt Redman. And the bridge goes on to say, "You give and take away, but my heart will choose to say, 'Blessed be your name.'" We are lying in that bed. She had to go through the procedure. As we are sitting there, admitted for the next two days, this song kept playing. And so, even though we had lost something, we knew it was God who had given, and it was God who had taken. But we will not move our focus, and we will look to God. Was the experience painful? Yes, it was painful. Did did it take time to heal? It took time to heal. But our point of view was only God. I still remember in 2018 when my wife was diagnosed with the aneurysm. The day before, the Sunday, that Sunday, I remember we were at church. It was just both of us. No one else was there. The kids went to be with their grandparents. It was just both of us, and the time of worship. I had chosen the song to sing "Sovereign," and we just both broke down. Even what the enemy is meant for evil, he'll turn it for your good. Is what the song says. You're faithful forever, even in the fire, even in the flood. It goes on to say, and standing there, all we could say is, "God." You are sovereign over us. At the end of it, you're faithful forever. Irrespective of the flood, irrespective of the fire, for the next six days, when we were in the hospital, in the Bluetooth speaker, the song was on repeat. You have to constantly remind yourselves to say, "God, I believe you are sovereign, irrespective of whatever I'm going through." So, church today, the battles that we fight are many at times just by ourselves. but the anthem that we sing brings down god into that situation brings down his presence right where we are at and today we are living in a world where we don't have to go searching for a song it's all right there today you don't have to go searching for the scripture it's right there on your phone you struggle to read press play and listen to a scripture you're struggling to sing press play and so that the words fill the atmosphere of your house two weeks back i mentioned that your house is your church fill the house that you are in with the praises from his word and from his songs so that you will be able to worship him in all honesty the third thing is rebuilding our altars of worship should just not happen when we meet in person but should happen personally rebuilding our altars starts with us building it personally in our lives today when each of us take the time and the effort to bring god into the mix to worship him what happens is when we meet corporately we are able to understand this is where the spirit of god is called telling us to move this is where we are able to worship god with all that we have i would encourage you each of us if we can devote ourselves to building our personal times of worship Reading from John chapter four verse twenty to twenty four is a passage where Jesus meets a Samaritan woman, and he goes on to say like this: "Believe me, dear woman, the time has come when you won't worship the Father on a mountain, nor in Jerusalem, but in your heart. Your people don't really know the one they worship. 
we Jews worship out of our experience from it's from the Jews that salvation is made available from here on worshiping the father will not be a matter of the right place but will be with the right heart for god is spirit and he longs to have sincere worshipers who worship and adore him in the realm of the spirit and in truth today you don't have to come to a place to worship wherever you are you can worship how liberating is that yes corporate worship is important i i am a strong believer that when we meet together things shift for what god's called us to do but i also strongly believe that if we do not build our personal altars of worship what happens is we will never be able to participate fully in a corporate altar you know where we are actually worshiping god together so today what is it that god's actually causing you to build your own personal altars of worship i love how the scripture passage says that we need to have the right heart to worship god not the right place we can be at the right place and if we don't have the right heart we'll miss out on worshiping god in the way we have to worship today we are also caught up in the experience that we want to create for ourselves as parents we want our kids to have the right experience and all the experience possible as uh, christians we always want to create the right experience for worshipers to gather yes i'm all for it I I love everything with regard to production from lights to having the video to setting the environment to making it to making the worship set look all good but all that is meaningless if we do not have the right heart just imagine if 15 of us are working towards the corporate worship service of a church if all 15 of us have a personal uh, altar which we having a right heart have been worshiping God all the while long imagine what the corporate service will have it will have an experience altogether different it will be something that you know as we read earlier the love the lord your god with all your heart with all your strength with in everything in all that muchness we'll be able to see that happen here because we'll be giving everything that we can in all the different areas that we undertake reading from colossians chapter 3 verse 16 to 17 again goes on to say let the word of christ live in you richly flooding you with all wisdom apply the scriptures as you teach and instruct one another with the psalms and with festive praises and with prophetic songs given to you spontaneously by the spirit so sing to god with all your hearts let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of the lord jesus the anointed one and bring your constant praise to god the father because of what christ has done for you so today if we personally can build our altars of worship and say god this is what you've done for us personally this is what we've seen happen this is what we've experienced through the mondays to the saturdays and on a sunday when we meet corporately this is what we want for you to do in our church in the in in the global body of the church in our local communities we will see god come through differently we wouldn't see um, you we wouldn't come out with this like you know what the worship service did not touch me today you know what today i but the experience that i had it wasn't great no we will come back in all expectation that god is going to do something big we will have a testimony to share we will have something to tell others of what god did in that it all comes down to that in revelation chapter 7 if you read it goes on to say where uh, john kind of like gives this picture of how everyone is worshiping god in the heavens 
and i'm going to read that and i want us to you know if you can just close your eyes and listen to it as i read after this i saw a vast crowd too great to count from every nation and tribe and tongue and language standing in front of the throne and before the lamb they were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands and they were shouting with a great roar salvation comes from our god who sits on the throne and from the lamb and all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and on the four living beings and they fell before the throne with the faces to the ground and worshiped god it says beautifully here that they worshiped him in every tribe every people every language today when we sing a worship song in another language are you struggling to worship god the sooner the better we get used to it the sooner or better it will be easy for us to worship in heaven the sooner the better we are able to sing all the songs that are there and not a select few songs we'll be able to worship god when we head to heaven we'll be able to worship god in all sincerity over there because worship is what we experience what we've built an altar here on earth would actually be a replica of what we are actually carrying forward into the future into eternity i've had the experience of producing conferences and back in 2019 i had the experience of producing a conference for uh, the global anglican body and as i was there in jerusalem the people who were gathered were pastors bishops clergymen and you know I, and i was sitting right on top of the auditorium with my entire crew and uh, as it was a, it was a sunday and as they were worshiping god they all were wearing their you know their robes and as i was standing there they started singing then sings my soul and the beauty of the song sung in different languages not from the stage from the stage it was sung in english but the people who were seated right below us were from so many parts of the world when they started singing when they were worshiping they were giving it all the beautiful atmosphere in this room was one of just praising god god's warning us to broaden our understanding of worship god's warning us to broaden our understanding of what giving praise looks like and church today that happens only when we are willing to rebuild our altars our focus is not to have a narrow mindset when it comes to worship but to understand that god your word is true and if it's meant for all people and all tribes and all language groups let me also have that understanding when i'm worshiping you ask god let's rebuild an altar where god's worshiped what through what the word of god says and not by our opinions let us not allow our circumstances to dictate what our altar of worship is going to be but there is an have an anthem where we declare that this is who god is irrespective of what we are going through and let us not always wait to worship god corporately on a given day in a week for a few hours but let us worship god every day every minute every hour personally so that when we gather corporately we are able to give thanks for what god has done thanks for listening to this message we hope you were blessed to hear more messages like this make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes if you like what you are hearing consider rating us subscribing and even sharing it with friends that would really help us for more content from we are zion and to connect with us go to weazion.in remember whoever finds jesus finds life